Lemonade, freshly brought to you by Bless Vision Foundation. This episode is sponsored by Rotary Club of New Territories. Let's have another taste of life. Welcome to Lemonade. I'm Carrie from Bless Vision Foundation. From now on, the coming like half years, every Thursday night, I and my guests will be with you every Thursday night. Um, lemonade, you know, this is a drink we can find in different countries, and different countries they got their own recipes, and definitely they will give you a very fresh taste of life, just like our guests. You know, every time we'll have a very special guest, they will share their amazing stories. So to Tonight, as our first episode, we have invited a very special guest with us. He is an Indian, born and raised in Hong Kong. Standing in the middle of two cultures, he was recruited into a trial when he was like 18 years old. But today, when he's sitting beside me, he is a social worker, the first ethnic minority social workers in Hong Kong. So welcome, Jeff, Thank Mr. You. Jeffrey Andrew. Welcome you to our program. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Really excited to be here. Oh, I'm so happy that you can be with us. Um, Jeffrey, can you share with us what is the reason your parent like, came to Hong Kong? Well, my grandfather came first in 1960s. Ah. Uh, many people ask me, hey, how did you guys just come up? Did you just take a UFO and come to Hong Kong? Yeah. No. Um, 1960. Actually, 1960. Oh, wow. So whenever I sit with my grandpa back in the day, he would tell me the old Hong Kong, mm. how they would not take the ferry and they would just swim in the, oh. in the star ferry. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? So that's, uh, you know, incredible that we're yes. actually three generations now. Wow. So why your grandpa, grandpa mm -hmm. choose to come to Hong Kong? Well, you know, Hong Kong was a British colony. Oh, yes. And then... Um, Previous to my grandfather coming to Hong Kong, there were so many Indians here already. They were uh -huh. businessmen, uh -huh. they were in the army, mm. they were in the police force. Yes, yes. My grandpa came as a chef, so he was cooking curry wow. in a, in a, in a five-star hotel. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, I believe that there will be always that good food in your home. Absolutely. That's why you can see I have a big tummy. <laughs> but, um, food is good. Food is food a connection, is right? Yes. Um, Jeff, can you sh um, share with us when you grow up in Hong Kong? Mm -hmm. um, what is the most challenging things? I think, I mean, Hong Kong is a, one of the greatest cities in the world. I think yeah. it's the, probably the greatest city yeah. actually right now. Um, but the challenging thing is my identity crisis, you know, because in Hong Kong, I went to schools. It was segregated schools. I come out to play. I mostly play with my people that look like me. Uh -huh. So as I was growing up, I didn't feel Indian enough. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't feel Chinese. Yeah. And I also didn't know who I was. So that was, I think, many of my fellow friends also felt mm -hmm. our foundations were never strong. Yes, because um, both culture, you not really connect to both culture, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, how, but you also look like very Indian. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when pe Hong Kong people were looking at you, they say, oh, you are Indian. Uh, uh, right? Sometimes Indian, sometimes African, sometimes... <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, you know, oh. And I'm like, no, yan do yan. They look at the Bollywood movies and they think, uh -huh. no, but you're supposed to be very fair and handsome. And I'm like, well, what? <laughs> South India also has some you know, dark skin. It's very yes. diverse. Yeah. How do you face this challenge? I believe that uh, when you grow up, you must feel like culture, mm -hmm. um, loss of identity. Yeah. How do you like cope with this You know, um, I've... It was hard because I, for me, football was a way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, church was a good way as well. Um, mm-hmm. Upbringing in church because in church, it's a family. No yes. matter who you are, you get to go to church. You get to sing the songs. Yeah. You get to go and eat food afterwards. Um, but also another part was football. 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 Going mm-hmm. to the local football pitch. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would get discriminated. People would call me hakwai, hachai, and oh, all that. Yeah. But w- as soon as they, you say chamaingola, and then they will let you play. And then when they see you play, you're not bad. They're like, wow, okay, wow. <laughs> and then they will start to be your friend. <laughs> right. So that's, I always believe Hong Kong people, they're not racist. They're mm. not. It's just they don't know how to take that first step. Mm. But when they see you have made the effort, it changed. So, you know, football was a way. Mm-hmm. I always tell this story because I remember one time I was so fed up with my skin color. I went home mm-hmm. and I told my mom, why you give me birth in this color? Oh. And then she would say, Jeff, if you always, you know, you, you if you are white, you always play football. Imagine how many times you need to take shower. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, yeah, mom, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, right. I will never complain again, you know, oh. but... But I still went back to the football pitch, and I would, I would, just fear today. Will they call me this name? Mm. So for me, it was always proving myself by showing them, hey, I'm just like you. Mm. In fact, I have the ability to play. Do you feel tired when you feel like um, I need to prove myself? Do you feel tired? It can be exhausting, Carrie. Yeah. I think there are days when you wake up and you say, you know, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Right. Uh, funny enough, if I go back to India. They also say you don't belong here, right? Oh, yeah. So you do, you know, I think I'm very lucky that uh, I'm, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. I have Christian foundations. So, mm. you know, God is always, you know, uh, yeah. God is, a, you know, always been there for me. Uh, mm. I always feel like whenever I'm down, he somehow picks me up. Mm. Do you um, have a very, like, memorable, like, um, stories that between you and uh, God that uh, he, you really receive his encourage? I mean, definitely when I was arrested as a youngster, you know, yeah. I'll never forget those moments. I was so, I was backsliding and I was just taking it too easy. And I just thought I'm smarter than, than, than God yeah. <laughs> until you're arrested. That's when you really humble yourself. And mm. when you're in, when I was in that prison cell, I was stuck with so many people of different backgrounds. And I mm. thought, oh my gosh, somebody killed somebody. Somebody did this, somebody did that. And I would just did something very small and look where mm-hmm. I am and then I called all my friends and they didn't pick up their phone Oh! and I didn't want to call my parents because yeah. you know I know how disappointed they will be so I just for once I prayed and I just said God just give me one last chance mm. this is the most humiliating place I've ever been and I don't yeah. want to be here somehow I think God just put this number in my head, 92376464. Whose number is it? 92376464. It's Fermi Wong, my social worker that I've been ignoring oh. for so many months and years. So I told the police officer, mm-hmm. and then I called 92376464. And I said, Fermi, come to the team. And 4 a.m., she took a taxi, came down, and bailed me out. Wow. And then she bring me home. And I felt. All this time throughout, it was just God's work. There's mm. no way a guy like me can come out of that because many of my friends have gone through the same path. Yeah, they have criminal records. They're in jail. Wow. Or they still walk that wrong path. So mm. I think God really that day just said, "I'll give you this one chance." Wow. Yeah. So that's uh, I think that that phone call that that response from the social worker. Right. It's a very meaningful and 
very good transformation. And also God just putting the mind mm. to call that number. I I probably would not have remembered it. So it's just somehow mm. it came in till today I I'll never forget that number. Yeah, um it's really touched to like listen to your story. So I think this is that uh, because of you received the help from the social worker that as the transformation of your life is be- is it because of the help you have received it? So that's why you also want to become a social worker? Absolutely. I saw mm. the impact this woman had not just on my life but she took so many of us wayward sons and kids and prodigal sons mm. and gave us a chance in in life. And I thought to myself, wow, there's this Chinese woman mm. doing this for my community. Mm. Why can't I do this for my own community too? Uh and then she just picked up my hand and said, "Go, keep studying, work hard." And then she found me a school to accept me to be enrolled in social wow. work program. Before I enrolled, there was no ethnic minorities allowed to enroll in social work program because we didn't read or mm. write Cantonese. Mm. But for me, she fought the school and said, "Give them a chance." and uh four years night school and uh 2014 I graduated um wow. very incredible today I'm very proud there's more than 20 ethnic minority social workers because we opened that road oh wow i mm. think this is so amazing absolutely um when you study on your like um the journey to study social worker mm-hmm. mm, what is the most challenging thing It is the first time Kerry that I actually studied with local Chinese students. I never had that in my primary school, in my secondary school, in my friendship circle, but finally I was forced to be in a classroom full of Chinese, Chinese people. people and mm. it was great because I ended up hingdai in four uh. weddings and we still have a football team and we still do tapino and chengkei so it's oh. it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. challenging, but I think if you are um I think As Christians I think we are we're we're tested more than normal people I really think. <laughs> mm. Um uh, and and I think the greatest thing is we have grace by God, you mm. know, and and we just have to keep going forward and I'm grateful today those friendship molded me today to who I am Hong Kong Yan. Wow. I truly believe that because if you are just saying you're Hong Kong Yan but you don't even integrate yes, it's very right. difficult. Yeah. So I always stopped victimizing myself. I used to say oh the world is against me. I you like know, the victimizing. Yeah. yeah, stop victimizing ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh and once you believe yourself as a Hong Kong yan, nobody can change that, right? right you can't right. tell me I'm not Hong Kong yan. How can you tell me? So when you start enforcing that, it's a gradual change. Others will say, "Hi, what could change Hong Kong yan?" Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So I think that is something I'm instilling in my refugee clients, mm. in my ethnic minorities, even to the young youth, I say, believe in yourself first, have faith in yourself first, mm. and then others will slowly cannot you Being cannot be changed. shaken yeah, exactly right, right. sometimes like <laughs> we change yeah. and then others will change yeah. according to our change that's right wow and how many years you have been surfing the ethnic groups and the refugees in hong kong i'm proud to say this is my 11th year wow um uh, it's all by the grace of god again yeah. um because i only found this job um through my mom being in a prayer meeting. <gasps> yeah, because I lost my job uh, previous 11 years ago in a corporate world. Mm-hmm. I lost my job due to the financial tsunami. You know, we are now seeing what's yeah. happening in Hong Kong yeah. or the world. And my mom was at a prayer meeting and says, "Please pray for my son. I 
don't want him to go back in the wrong path again. Mm. Just help him find a job, God. Mm. And then in the prayer meeting, there was a Chinese woman who says, can you ask your son to come and have an interview? Wow. Yeah. So my mom came home. She says, Jeff, I found you a job. I said, mom, where? She says, Chong Heng Dai Ha. I was like, what? <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> I said, what do you want me to do there? Two things, cook curry, jigale, <laughs> or... Hi. And I said, I used to do all my bad stuff in Chongyang Da. Now yeah. you want me to go You'll back? You go back, all right? So, but you know, I went to the center, and you saw it a few days yes, ago. It's a yeah. beautiful place. Yes. Um, you know, it's a great Christian it's a organization. Place. Absolutely. So, eleven years today. Wow. What is the most challenging things when you serve the refugees? You know, Kerry. To be honest, even for me as an ethnic minority, I used to think, oh, we are the hardest life in Hong Kong. Yeah. Actually, refugees is even harder. Yeah, you know they have no identity. Right. They have no status. Some of them are darker skinned than me. Some of them are, you know, may look very different from. At least I may look a little bit more modernized. Mm. But when you look at them, you think they don't belong here. Yeah. So they really suffer a lot of, um, I would say, self-esteem. Mm. They suffer from discrimination. Mm. Um, but I'm proud to say that this 11 years we have changed that. Mm. Um, How do you change that? We make them integrate. The same way I do is we bridge the gap. If you don't know us, come and meet us. Come and have curry with us. Come and exchange. Have a dialogue. Mm. Um, and I also give tell the refugee clients to give back. How do they give back? Every Christmas we do bogayam in central in Star Ferry. Whoa! Very fun, and these guys are so amazing singers. Um, in 2018, there was a typhoon. And the first people to clean up the streets in Shimsacha were some African refugee clients. You, you, you promote this activity. They did it themselves first, and then they came to me and said, "Can we keep doing it?" I said, "Sure." So I remember this story. We went to Togwangwan Gongyun because it was so badly affected, and those chinki, they were like, "Oh, thank you. Please keep helping us. It's so heavy." And some of the African guys are big. Yes, very. And then the park officials they said, "Msaile de pong sao, no need." Uh-huh. Um, so we were confused what to do, but I again remember I always say just God always wants what's best. So I said let's just go clean. And I remember when we went into the park, those popos, some mm. popos sitting in the park, uh-huh. they were like, "Wow, come to Hakuigalito," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> we haven't even done anything." And then they already said that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just said, "Doesn't matter, just clean." Mm-hmm. And I tell you, two hours we clean the park. I have some great photos I can show you next time. Wow. We clean it so good, mm-hmm. it's better than you. And then those popos who called us names, mm-hmm. they suddenly disappeared. Mm-hmm. So I went to my refugee clients. I said, "Did you say something to those ladies?" Because mm-hmm. they said, "No, we don't even speak the language." Ten minutes later, those popos came back. Mm-hmm. They bring two big bags full of bao in my talai. Oh wow! And you just think this is Hong Kong, right? This is. There is a misconception, but you just keep doing good. Just keep doing good, and the mindset will change. So uh, that's why, if you ask me, how you know we had a horrible fire one month ago, yeah, and just today I found out the news we have raised two million dollars. Oh wow! All Hong Kong Yan, right? I mean, ten years ago you tell me, uh, <laughs> you know, Osan Chao Fun for Lan Man Chung Sam and Chong Eng Da. I don't think I will get even one thousand dollars or one hundred. But I think Hong Kong people see the value that they bring. They mm. they really, so we we keep doing this, and I think God has given us a lot of platforms for change. Mm-hmm. You know, can you believe today, refugees can raise two million dollars in Hong Kong in COVID? It's a blessing. Well, wow, that's a, that is yeah. 
It's really very um a miracle. It is truly is God's it? miracle. Because I believe yeah. that you told me when you got your office got a fire just like one or two weeks. Yes. And just within this short period of time. Yes. Right? Two and million dollars. Two million dollars. Yes. And this is exactly a miracle. Yeah. So I think it's like God's thing, you know, from the ashes you rise. It's uh, it's I, I was so depressed. I said, God, why would you do this to us? We already are struggling. But today I look back and say, maybe it's God's way of just renew. Yes, renew. It's, it's renewed. Yeah. yeah um, well, what is the most like uh, the difficult part um, uh, for the refugees and ethnic groups in Hong Kong, as you saw? Um, I think number one is Cantonese. You know, it's not an easy yeah. thing. The school system doesn't have good Cantonese for minorities. Mm. And then we there's a lack of integration, employment, and then there's a vicious cycle of crime. Today, carry. I can tell you there are still triad members recruiting our young children because there is no requirement. Yes. You can join me, no need to read or write Cantonese, just join. Mm. Whereas in other places and jobs, you need to read and write Cantonese. Yes. To be right. a fireman, you need to read and write Cantonese. Yeah. I mean, to be a fireman, you you should be just giving us a chance so that we slowly can... Putting out a fire should not yes. need to read and write Cantonese. Mm -hmm. So these are things I'm still challenging our, our Hong Kong mm -hmm. uh, but I must say there's more acceptance now than ever before mm, today the acceptance level is increasing very much you yeah. see some fantastic people on TV in the police force yes. um, teachers uh, I think sooner or later you will see more and more into government and, and, and hopefully one day we will not be talking ethnic minorities we will talk yeah. maybe equal minorities equal like <laughs> uh, we are so we have to change with yes. like equal minorities exactly. and exactly. Uh, one last question um, Jeff um um, because I know maybe some of the equal minorities they're le now mm -hmm. listening to the program, they mm -hmm. may have uh, difficult circumstances, sure. they may face like discrimination. Mm -hmm. Do you have any encouraged words for them? I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, people look at me and they say, oh, Hong Kong, I'm so racist. I said, no, absolutely not. If a Chinese woman can come and bail me out at 4 a.m., yeah. you can't tell me Hong Kong is racist. But one of the things I would tell my minority is to try. Just keep trying, push it. You know, if I did not push 15 years ago, I would not be where I am today. You know, and I, I really believe you must have some goodwill, good intention. Just like we cleaned that typhoon place up. We knew we had some negativity, but people just believe, just keep doing good. Yes, it will pay off. And it really does pay off. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jeff. And I, I would really like to thank you for accepting us as well. And this you, like Gary. Hong Kong place. And I believe that we are equal minority. Fantastic to hear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank tonight. You. Thank you. Thank you. Every episode we got our Cantonese time. Yeah, and I have my lovely partner Gloria, Gloria with me. Hello, Carrie. Hello. So today we invited Jeffrey to come along and he is a social worker. Yes. Carrie, how do you say social worker in Cantonese? Sekong. Sekong. Yeah. So he mentioned he went to a park. Mm -hmm. So how do you say park in Cantonese? Gong Yun. Gong Yun. And he saw some elderly woman. Yeah. Uh, how the elderly woman, we also call them Popo. Popo. Yes. Okay, so how do you say elderly man? Papa. Papa. Yeah. So oh, when, right. even like when we meet them, we can say Papa, Lehoa, or Popo, Lehoa. Lehoa actually it means uh, how are you, but when we say Lehoa, how are you? Um, 
please don't feel like being offense if they not reply you because uh, usually in Chinese culture when you say lay hoa we just say mm, not their head sometimes they may not reply okay oh thank you so much for explaining the differences in culture <laughs> sorry Okay. <laughs> so, how do you say thank you to you know for uh, for someone that did something for me? Yeah, this is a very good questions because usually when people uh, want to say thank you, there are two words you can say. For somebody, if you they did something for you, you can say "mgoi." Uh, but if something like give you something as a gift, uh, you can say "dōze." Dōze. Hmm. So both "mgoi" "dōze." Also, the same meaning is thank you. Okay, so, um, guy, for your time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Carrie, and that's all for Cantonese time. I'll see you next week. Bye bye.